0: On the latest episode of the Fantastic Review, I will be covering Five Nights at Freddy's and South Park's joining the Pandaverse. So buckle your seatbelts, ladies and gentlemen. It's finna be a bumpy ride.
1: <laughs> Welcome back to the Fantastic Review, guys. I'm your host, Melo15. Like I said in the beginning, I will be reviewing Five Nights at Freddy's, the the movie that's in theaters right now, and also on Peacock, and South Park's Joining the Pandaverse. So first, if you guys have not seen Five Nights at Freddy's, I highly recommend it. It is very good for people who, like me, I'm a newcomer. I'm a newbie. I'm a newbie, dude. Hey, fans. Hey, sweaties. Don't come after me, but I'm a newcomer uh for me before going to see the movie i had people around me who are like really big fans of five nights at Freddy's, and yeah they would tell me all this lore and like it just seemed really convoluted and that's why i never got into it because they would just throw all this information i mean i'm like you know what when the movie came out i was like i'll go try it i'll go try it i was highly entertained is it the best movie ever no not really but it is very entertaining Josh Hutcherson plays Mike Schmidt. He's the security guard. I think Josh Hutcherson did a really good job in this movie. Like he actually, I would, you know, you could say he carried this movie, right? The animatronics were not CGI. It was practical effects. I really appreciated that because they easily could have done CGI and who knows how wacky that could have looked. And if there is CGI, I didn't really notice it. It it, it seemed all practical effects, but I'm going to go down the things I liked. And I didn't like about Five Nights at Freddy's. And I'll give you guys my rating. So one of the things I did like, like I just mentioned, Josh Hutcherson, yeah, he killed it. I thought he killed it. Did a really good job. The plot does a really good job too. Like you in the beginning when he's like beating up that, de- you know, he thinks a little kid's getting kidnapped. He beats up that guy in the pond in the mall. You think, okay, where is this leading? you don't. Wait, don't. Why you beat? you don't, right? But it it ties in together, right? He As a kid... He keeps having this reoccurring dream as his, his little brother gets kidnapped, you know. So as an adult, he keeps he trying to go back in his dream and see, can I see who did it? Am I missing any details? What could I've what could I have done differently? Right? It it ultimately ties in with the whole you know William Afton character, you know, killing kids. The kids go missing in that realm. So that that it, it wasn't just like a random subplot. It was like a, you know it fit well with the movie. So I I you know appreciated that. Um. William Lillard, even though, yes, he does play William Afton in this movie, he's barely, like, he kind of is barely in the movie, and there's at some point, like, when he's, you know, he's giving Mike the job, you know, he call you know, Mike calls him, you know, he's, he's like, okay, this is where you start, whatever, and, you know, he hangs up the phone, and he has, like, an evil grin, and from that point going to basically towards the end, you kind of, like, forget that that character even exists, right? So when it's when it's revealed that he is William Afton, you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But the the movie does a really good job at kind of hiding that until you get to that point. So, but you know, as far as I know, Matthew Lillard, like I said, I'm not really too big into the lore, but I thought he played a good William Afton. And you know, at least they added the spring trap scene at the end. A lot of people said it wasn't, you know, there's some people debating like, hey, it should have been more gory. Like, hey, they did, yeah, they did this scene, but like you know, it wasn't like what we thought it was going to be, and that kind of will lead me to later, because we're going to talk about if this movie should have been rated R, but definitely, there's a part, though, at the end, when William Afton's like, I always come back, I always come back, and it's like, well, do you? Because if you haven't died before, what do you mean
0: you always come back?
1: Right? Like, that, that, that doesn't make sense. What do you mean you always come back? You know what I mean? But, and the, I know I saw some fans online were like, what do you mean you always come back, bro? Like, if this is the first time you're about to die, like, we talking about it though. But his character has a daughter in the movie, right? And his daughter's played by Elizabeth Lale and she plays a, a Vanessa Monroe. She's a cop, right? That was like one of the only parts of the movie that I was like, wait, what are you doing? Like, what is this cop doing here? Right? You figure out at the end why she's there and why she keeps showing up at Freddy's, right? Like, it's revealed later in the movie. But even then, Right and Elizabeth Lail isn't really, she's a good actress, right? I liked her in the show *You*, but like in this movie, I just I wasn't really feeling it. You know what I mean? Like I mean, it wasn't bad, but at the same time, I was just like, the it it, it could be the way they wrote it. They it could be the way they wrote her character, but there was just some parts I'm like, what are you doing, bro? Like, like that's probably one of the only parts of the movie that I just really genuinely didn't like. And it has nothing to do with Elizabeth Lail as a person, you know, as an actress. It, it probably literally could just be the writing. But, you know, other than that, the movie, the movie takes quite like there's also some parts like that. So I'm going to give you guys my rating. I gave this movie a 7 out of 10. Right. And I think a 7 out of 10 is very fair for this movie because I think it's very entertaining. I think you will enjoy watching Five Nights at Freddy's, even if you never heard about the lore before. If this is your literally your first time watching it as a new as a newcomer, I believe you will enjoy it. But there's there's some things in this movie that kind of just fell short, right? Like Elizabeth Lil, her character Vanessa, right? It's like she's just like popping up, and like it, it, she literally spends like almost her whole shift as a cop. Uh, certain nights, she's literally just at Freddy's, just like. He's knocking on the door. Hey, so you're the new security guard, huh? And it's like, bro, like, you can't be there. You can't... She literally can't be there her whole shift, right? But then, like, the next scene, it's, like, light outside and Mike's going home, right? I thought it was funny. So Mike has a sister in the movie. Her name is uh, Abby. And Abby was played by Piper Rubio. I So that, I like that role, too, right? And it's actually kind of funny because they kind of alluded to the whole... There's a lot of kids, bro, especially in my family, who just they come across autistic right now that's not a bad thing like autism is kind of it's something that our society's starting to get more used to we're starting to have more talks about autism but I definitely I definitely think the girl in the movie was autistic they just didn't say it you know she didn't really eat all she did was draw she didn't really like doing anything at school so it's kind of I thought it was cool that they added that in there because there's a lot of kids who probably like Five Nights at Freddy's who do that they don't eat they don't really like going to school they do one thing all day they don't listen right so they probably kind of figured like hey there's a lot of kids who who do that and let's uh let's put in the movie let's just say hey if you don't eat your food you're not gonna grow up you're not gonna fucking grow up you're not gonna grow older right so i appreciated that the actress who played uh abby great right i feel like matthew lillard matthew lillard as william afton he could have been in the movie more like that's one of the things like yeah he did a good job as william afton but he could have been in the movie more like for sure that the movie could have used his character more rotten tomatoes did like so the critics did give this movie like a really bad rating and it, again it's it, rotten tomatoes like we don't we don't Rotten tomatoes i don't think rotten tomatoes a lot of the times know they don't know what they're talking about half the time right so it's one of those things where like yeah you can look at the critics you can look at the critic score right and you could say okay yeah i'm not going to watch it based off the critic score but there's a lot of movies and it seems like in the last couple of years where they get it wrong like the critic score doesn't match up with how good the movie actually is right so that was one of my things right before the movie came out oh it has a low score but and it ends up being actually really entertaining to me right i, I mentioned the practical effects i uh, really appreciated that that they didn't go full cgi if there was cgi again i i'm not aware of that i mean I think I have a pretty good eye for like things that are like computer generated, and this movie didn't really. If it did, it was like very minimal, right? Like with I think it, the only CGI part I can really think of is when, uh, is when Chica has the cupcake. You know, she sends her cupcake out to like you know, you know, kill the people who are like breaking into Five Nights. I mean, at Freddy's, they're breaking in at Freddy's. That's probably the only part I can think of that's like full CGI. Other than that, it was mainly practical effects. One of the things though that I wanted to touch on. Because I did give the movie a seven out of ten. Should the movie have been rated R? Now, I don't really believe it should be rated R because how do you like as a parent? You're like, okay, well, my kid likes Five Nights at Freddy's. Uh, They talk about it like all the time. I'm not really into it. Like I kind of see them watching it on YouTube, and I kind of see it them playing it. But then when it comes time to go see the movie, it's like, wait, it's rated R. Like why are we why are we gonna take our kid to see this? So, I think it was a really, really, and some fans might not like this, but I think it was a really smart decision to make this movie PG 13 because it's the first entry into a potential trilogy or a potential series. You want to get parents used to the idea of, hey, let's go take our kids to see Five Nights at Freddy's. So, again, you kind of have to tone down the violent scenes, right? If, you know, of course there's going to be violent scenes in it, but if you tone it down enough, you won't have a hard time having parents like you won't have a hard time convincing your parents to take you to see Five Nights at Freddy's because again this movie is marketed towards younger people right and i saw i saw an article that said like a majority of the i think it was like over 90% who over 90% of people who saw this movie were under the age of 35 right so, again, your demographic is a very specific group of people. And a lot of them are probably going to be kids. So, to convince your parents to take you to see a rated R Five Nights at Freddy's movie might have been a little difficult. I know some fans probably didn't want it to be PG-13, but I enjoyed I enjoyed that it was. It was a smart business move on Blumhouse. So, But if you guys have seen it, comment below. Tell me what you thought of the movie. If you haven't, like I said, uh, on a lot of my previous Fantastic Reviews, I don't think we've done a bad, fantastic review yet, right? So the fact that I give this a 7 out of 10, I think is very fair. If you haven't seen it, if you're not, like I said, if you're not into the lore, if you're not used to the lore, if you don't know anybody who's talked about it, I would say just give it a shot. You might like it. You know, after I saw the movie, I started looking up on YouTube, like, Five Nights at Freddy's lore and, like, going over compilation videos, and I was very interested in the lore, and it got me hooked. I'm like, okay, yeah, I want to see more movies, which it's going to get probably more sequels because the movie made a ton of money its opening weekend. And it is what it is. That's just how movies been. Like, it's a hit or miss. This movie obviously wasn't a mess, and we're going to get more sequels. So to end this Fantastic Review, I usually do two reviews and one. You know, previously, I think the last Fantastic Review, I only did one review, which was of the Ahsoka show, right? But this one is of, is of the, the latest South Park special joining
0: the Penderverse. you know, where Collywood destroys Ahsoka. <laughs> well Collywood destroys Kathleen Kennedy.
1: <laughs> it seemed like
0: this episode right
1: was really aimed, was really aimed at those type of people, right. And if you watch the full episode, which I highly recommend, it's a genius episode. It's not just about pandering and Kathleen Kennedy and Disney and Bob Iger. It also takes a kind of a special look at AI and what AI is doing to our society and what AI has the potential to actually do, right? Is AI going to get to the point where all of us just don't know what we're doing, right? Is it going to get to the point where all of us just have no clue how to fix a, a broken door and all the handyman are... Any handyman available is just too busy because other guys give them more deals on, on what, you know, hey, I could fix your door, but this guy's offered me $1,000 to fix his dishwasher, right? The fact that the episode wasn't just about like the whole pandering side of it, like I appreciated it, right? Like that's a conversation we as a society have to have. AI is going to get to the point where it's probably going to make college obsolete in a lot of places, right? Why would I go pay you guys all this money to go study something? When a computer or an AI can just tell you like that, right? In a quick, within seconds, a computer or an AI can tell you what somebody just went to college for and spent thousands, thousands, and many years learning. So that part of the episode is an important conversation I feel like we all need to have. Another important conversation, though, that need that needs to happen, but in a non-toxic way, because there's no way to avoid this, was the whole pandering part of the episode, Right? And a lot of it was aimed at Kathleen Kennedy, Bob Iger, Disney and what they've been, you know, kind of spewing out these last couple years. And I appreciated it because it it came at this topic from both sides. Right. It's not just making fun of Disney and Kathleen Kennedy, but it's also but it's not just making fun of them. It's making fun of the people who complain about woke stuff all the time. Right. It, it, and I appreciate that. Like South Park did a really genius job at kind of making fun of both sides. And making fun of the people who are like,
0: Woke Disney destroys Hollywood. Woke Disney has a female lead in the Ahsoka show. Like, you know, sometimes it's over the top. And I
1: I like both sides too, right? There's, like, I've mentioned geeks and gamers. I've mentioned Nerdrotic. But sometimes they take it a little too far. The thumbnails with the crying Kathleen Kennedy. And everybody has to be woke and pandering. Like, sometimes it's too far. But I think this episode does a really good job at highlighting both. And what I also appreciate about this episode is that it's, it should start a conversation, right? Would, like, it's kind of something like G, it, it kind of re- reminds me of something Gina Crono said. Like, Gina Crono had mentioned that Disney probably hoped that a lot of the kids that they're making these movies for picked up on the whole, you know, you know, diversity and pandering that they're doing. But it doesn't seem like that's working. Because a lot of this stuff is passed down, right? Like your love for Star Wars, your love for Marvel is passed down. And Gina was like, hey, you know, parents aren't going to want to pass this love down if you guys keep doing this, which is, it's, it's a good point, which is kind of a scary thought. Like if Disney and Star Wars is going to start like pandering towards kids, because we're the ones buying the Disney Plus subscriptions. We're the ones buying the toys. We're the generation that's buying all the the product, the shirts, the toys, we're not going to want to pass that down to our kids if we don't think that what we love is in good hands. And Gina Gina had brought that up on Twitter, Twitter earlier this week. And I thought it was a good point, bro. And it's a conversation we need to have, right? Now, a lot of people will say, well, it's because you guys don't like black people in movies. You don't like women in lead roles. You guys don't like gay people in lead roles. You guys don't like gay people in movies. I promise you. That's not what it is. A lot of people, and I would say majority of people, don't mind having those people in leads, having those people in movies. The problem is, like, let's say, for instance, I saw an article where they're talking about, you know, making the live-action Hercules Michael B. Jordan, right? And this is something that episode addresses. Like, why don't you just make Michael B. Jordan his own character? Why take Hercules, who's, histor- who's historically been one way, he has, you know, he looks a certain way, has been one way. And now you're changing it. And when people get mad, you start to throw out the racist label. You start to say, well, you guys are racist. You guys don't like a black Hercules. And that's a good, in my in my opinion, it's like really, it's a really lazy defense. You know, you change Hercules, or let's say you change the little mermaid, right? Historically, Ariel's been one way, right? She's been portrayed one way. And then when you change it, people don't like it. You go, you throw the whole well, you guys are racist, you guys don't like women or people of color and lead roles. And it's a lazy defense, right? And that conversation kind of, it, it didn't have a much ground up until recently. And now I think people are starting to notice. So this episode does a good job at highlighting what's an actual problem, but it's a problem that I think is fixable. Now, if both sides can just have like a like a mature conversation about it and it doesn't lead to anything that's non-cordial i feel like there's a good middle ground for all of this right like just make more original content like it's kind of like what the they they made fun of it and in the, in the special but it's like the Panderstone, right you keep going back to the Panderstone and you keep rehashing old stuff you keep giving them the same old thing but just with different and people are starting to notice right people are starting to notice like instead of just making like a good female character like you should you make it all about being that right like i'm trying to watch a movie for instance it's like okay i'm trying to watch a movie and i'm trying to be entertained but the whole time i'm watching it now i'm being like i'm being taught a lesson i'm being educated i'm being told that like the patriarchy is bad and it's like bro i didn't watch this movie for that right there's a time and place for that specific conversation but it's not now right and like it seems like everything has become about that they're like inserting themselves into these movies. They're inserting their ideologies into these movies. And it's clearly not working. Right? I just read an article from Variety. Well, and I didn't read the full I didn't read the full article, but one of their plans for the Blade movie was to have a female lead, and Blade was gonna be like the third or fourth lead. A Disney. We though. we though. That's crazy. I, hey, I, I'm not sure who's sleeping in this house right now, so I wanna fucking scream. Hey Disney, be doing. Blade as the fourth lead? In a Blade movie, you have Blade. You have Mershaw Ali. Oscar-winning actor, by the way, he's an amazing actor. So you got an you got one of Hollywood's top actors to play Blade. And Blade. And you're making it a female lead and he's the fourth lead this is what we're talking about guys this is what we're talking about we don't mind when there's women in the lead roles we don't mind when there's people of color in the lead roles but disney had a script at one point where blade was going to be the fourth lead in his movie and there was gonna be a female lead that would have fucking flopped. I'm telling you that would have flopped. I feel like both sides can agree on that, right? Both sides can be like, hey, that's not, that wouldn't have worked. That wouldn't have worked. So I believe this episode, if you fully have watched Joining the Pandaverse, you will appreciate the AI aspect. You'll appreciate how society is going, how our future is going with that. You will also appreciate the conversation that needs to be had when it comes to pandering and like Hollywood pushing agendas onto your kids because disney's not making these movies for us bro and i think gina carano's right disney's making these movies for the kids obviously right they're disney movies they're they know we're not gonna accept this stuff but they they're hoping that they are right and that's another problem like disney you can't f- force our kids to like something that you like that's not how it works bro just entertain people the problem is you guys went away from entertaining people instead of entertaining people, you started to educate them and teach them and there's a and, and, and there are plenty of Disney movies that teach and educate, but like does every Disney movie have to be about that now? Does every Disney movie have to be about the, the patriarchy or how men are evil and does it have to be about that? It doesn't. right? There's been plenty of cases in the past where Disney movies do have important lessons in them. But I feel like they are lessons that everyone can learn from. Not just a specific group that you're trying to rein in or reel in. Whatever. But that is the Fantastic Review. Thank you guys for joining me. I'm re-energized. I'm pumped up. I don't know about you guys. I'm extremely pumped up. And I recommend you guys watch Five Nights at Freddy's on Peacock or, you know, go to the theater. And I really recommend South Park, joining the Pandaverse great great content i know fran would have loved it dude fran would have enjoyed the pandaverse but yeah i'm Mellow 15 till next time peace